Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 172. Are you ready for it? Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge. Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Carrie Summers. Carrie, are you feeling unstoppable today? Uh, yes. Thank you so much for having us, Eric. Yes, oh, unstoppable always. It is my pleasure. I can't <laughs> wait to capture your stories and advice. So, after years of gaining experience in the industry as a pastry chef, Summer joined Lisa Carlson in 2008 to open Chef Shack, a food truck specializing in selling mini donuts at farmer's markets. Uh, the Chef Shack has since expanded to be so much more and now includes uh, multiple trucks, uh, selling way more than just donuts now, and two brick-and-mortar uh, locations, including uh, Chef Shack Ranch and the Chef Shack Bay City. Uh, Chef Shack has been featured by USA Today, Forbes Magazine, Saver Magazine, Bon Appetit, and so much more. You guys are killing it. This is just an <laughs> aerial view of what you've done, uh, who you are, what you've accomplished. I can't wait to capture your story. But before we do, Carrie, we need to get you kicking this off with a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us today? Thank you so much, Eric. Yes, um, we are New York trained chefs, and with that said, we bring our expertise to every aspect of the business. One of my most utilized quotes in our organization and brand is making the best better, and we always push forward. Sometimes times are tough, there's lots of highs and lows in the business, but uh, we push forward, always moving forward. I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. You have to have your eyes in the future. There's nothing you can do about the past. I love that just Indeed. that mindset. Beautiful. So let's find out more about you. One question I want to start working into this interview is why? What is it that you do? Why do you do what you do? Like, what is your purpose, your reason? Right. I think uh, growing in, a, in and around a ranching and farming family, I grew up with tremendously wonderful food and product all around me and that really put an innate sense of hospitality and the joy of cooking and celebration around meals so I feel very much my purpose in this industry and having my own restaurants is to very much serve people the experience of delicious food and that is what keeps me going time and time again every weekend I really celebrate food and get a lot of satisfaction from the guest experience and people just enjoying our cuisine, hands down. Awesome. I love it. And, I mean, tell me what it feels like when you get that guest experience and just knock it out of the park. Like, how does that, like, resonate with your core? Wow. That that really is a joyous moment. Um, I frequently feel it. I, I'm very lucky and fortunate. I have an amazing staff. And when everything comes together in the restaurant setting, the room is perfect. There's energy. Entertainment, food is exciting, people are dining with friends. You know, that is a high. It's oh, yeah. a high that all of us chefs really look forward to, and that's why we do what we do. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, unless you just, that has to be the reason, making people happy and just creating those, you know, memories that last a lifetime and just seeing people enjoy your hard work. I mean, if that's what drives you and it sounds like it does, um, I mean, you're going to be successful and you're making a a great example of that. Uh, So if you could just remember, if you go back in time, so many people in this industry um, don't really make the decision from a really young age. There's usually like a pivotal point where they just know uh, that this is going to be a career and no longer a job. I mean, can you think back to that time where you knew this was going to be your career and just not like a summer job? Definitely. I was a young junior line cook at an establishment not too far from my current location here. And in my early 20s, I was working with some really talented chefs in this establishment owned by some physicians. And it was a a remarkable restaurant space and no expense was spared with ingredients and China flatware, et cetera, the bar program. At that point, the, ju- the, the chefs I was working for could see that I had an innate talent with cooking and the feeling around cooking and styling food, and they elevated me through the kitchen pretty f- rapidly. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I thought, wow, this is really exciting. This is the height of entertainment. I think I really want to do this, and I want my own restaurant someday. And that path took about 20 years, and here we are today. But I do remember that time, absolutely. What was the time? I mean, is there a specific moment that just really sticks out to you, something a chef said to you, uh, maybe something you know they recognized, something you did? Can you really bring us to a moment? Yes, absolutely. I was working the Gamage, which is the salad station. I was plating a roasted red pepper salad in which I actually roasted the peppers over the burner. We let them sit, we peeled the skins, we had a beautiful French feta. I was plating this dish and I remember him showing me and I did it better than him and he said, you're gonna be really good at this. (laughs) I remember that moment. Awesome, how did that make you feel when he said that? Like how did that bring you up, motivate you? It really was a voice of encouragement. He was truly a mentor to me. He is still in the industry and I felt so much support by him and and all of my chefs, actually. Mm -hmm. They saw potential. They gave me the tools to do the job. They taught me and pushed me and held me accountable. And I I do remember very well. I spent four years in that kitchen. Mm. It was quite a long time, and I still uh, remember some of the (laughs) the recipes I used to put together, definitely. Awesome. I mean, because of this experience of them just lifting you up and acknowledging your talent and your skills, I mean, how much do you try to do that today in your life with people that you're mentoring? Oh, absolutely. Mentoring, teaching, motivating, and inspiring. So important. Feel, it feels like about 90% of my job. We have mm-hmm. a lot of young people on our team right now. I have 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, and 22-year-olds right now. And Ooh, I can't wait we, to learn how you manage all of that. <laughs> well, it's an inspiring aspect because these kids are hungry. The millennials want to run the show. They want to learn. They want to be a part of something. They want to feel close to us. They want mentorship and direction. Mm-hmm. I feel it's really critical to the business. And they're hungry for knowledge. And they've mm-hmm. got a ton of energy. I absolutely feel like it's the backbone of what we're doing in my brand right now. And and I love it. We teach them how to drive trucks. We teach them how to park. I teach them about the generator, filling it up with gas. We change out propane. They run dishes. They talk with guests. 
They Man. do the dish pit. They're working on basic prep and their knife skills. It is essential. Essential, awesome. essential. Awesome. Yeah. I think this is going to lead us right into your it factors. I mean, if you could narrow it down to like two habits, characteristics, maybe three or four, however many you want to give us, uh, characteristics or traits that you have that you think most contributes to your success in the industry, what would it be? Um, I'm a perfectionist. I always seek to strive for my goals. We're always reshaping our goals for the brand and personally. I am extremely motivated. I think that I don't take no for an answer, and I push. I'm very driven. I, I have been all my life. My parents raised, I think, my sister and I to be very similar. Um, yeah, I think I, I have high self-esteem. I think there's... There's a lot of contributing things, but I, I think we never stop. We're, we're always reaching for better and higher. And mm. I think that in any industry, those are traits that will, that will lead you to success. Hard yeah. work, perseverance, dedication, sacrifice, pushing forward. And I, also, I think it's so important you mentioned the perfectionist, the constant uh, – you know, just drive to improve and get better. And I think that's so important in this industry because you see so many people just get, you know, they get set in their ways and they just get stagnant. And that that innovation and, uh, you know, creativity just kind of starts to simmer away. And I think mm-hmm. that's like the, the worst thing that can happen to you in this industry. What do you think? Absolutely. Uh, my partner and I, uh, we've been at this for over 25 years. And I can tell you today, no matter where we're traveling throughout the world, we very much try to connect with the top chefs in any major city that we're in internationally, and we step into those kitchens as mm. a student, as learning, as chef and colleagues. And I will absolutely lend my hand and do dishes or run food or work in the garmage wherever the chef de cuisine of a particular kitchen mm-hmm. might want to put me for the day. We absolutely set our, our egos aside and are always willing to learn. And I coach my junior cooks. And people that pass through our organization onto better kitchens, et cetera, or maybe, you know, as a parallel move, that you must be always constantly open to learning. Mm -hmm. This industry is full, full, full of knowledge on so many levels that... And a lot of... Hungry yeah, people that you have too to that be is, open. <laughs> a lot of other hungry people that if you're not learning, man, you're gonna get passed real fast. Definitely. Yeah. It's a very limiting factor. Oh, you have yeah. to always be learning. Yeah. I'm always learning from my staff too. I think that mm. when new people cycle through an organization, they always no matter their skill level, they bring something new. So we talk about this in my in my organization that, you know, Charlie's coming on, he's starting next week and even though he's in an entry-level position, we're all going to mentor, given the information, the knowledge, and we're all going to learn from each other. I love it. So, Definitely. Carrie, if you could just take one of these it factors, whether it's your persistence and constant uh, just drive to learn or your, your just motivation or uh, not willing to take no for an answer, take one of these it factors and take me through a story where one of these it factors really just shine through and help you get to that next level. Uh, definitely. I was working in New York City. Um, let me think of the date. In 2006 was my last stint in New York. Um, hands down, it's, it's a very high-energy city. There's people of um, all walks of life. It's, it's, a, it's a very intense city. It's very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, that is 
that 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 was a time when I was working as as a cook. Um, I opened a high profile restaurant. It was very competitive. The days were long, and I journeyed to Brooklyn to and from, uh, as that's where I I lived. You know the um, the work hour. You know is 12 hours plus as a as a cook. Um, you get up and you you press through each day, and you wake up and you you go do it all over again. And the mm. commute is an hour each way, wow. et cetera. So I remember a time when I was doing that, and it, it's tiring. But you've got to keep pressing through. You have made a commitment. You need to stand behind it, and you need to show up. And I think absolutely, I remember that time, and I walked away from that experience not only with you know, extremely great connections and networking capabilities, but I had also raised my game as a cook uh, immensely. So through that, I knew it wasn't going to be a long-term, an extremely long-term situation. A year or two spent doing that is, is really not a very long time in the scheme of things, but it can elevate your career insurmountable. You just, mm. It's ir- immeasurable. And I do remember that time very well. <laughs> I bet. So, I mean, Definitely. what would you say, which if factor really came through? Was it your drive, would you say? Drive. Absolutely. Drive and motivation. And Absolutely. What made you show up every day? Like, what were you, like, you know, I'm sure you had to do some self-reflection. Some, what was it that made you like just keep on putting yourself through this day after day like how did you do it i wanted to honor my commitment to the chef that who gave me the opportunity i wanted to be there for my team very important when someone on your team doesn't show up it's not very good the work falls on the rest of the people so absolutely i wanted to honor my commitment i wanted to persevere i wanted to keep learning and so on and so forth super important yeah, really important. I think that is one more it factor we need to throw on here is just that discipline and in, in your integrity. Absolutely. I think integrity is huge. What, you know, do what you say, say what you do. And, Absolutely, uh, so important. We're learning so much already. Great. So yeah. let's. Uh, you know, you told us about your it factors and how it helped you get to the next level. But let's talk about a time now, Carrie, where you just failed and landed hard on your backside. <laughs> uh, tell us how you got back up and what you learned from this failure. I guess um, I'll take an example of uh, food trucking. Okay. We've been running the trucks for approximately almost a decade now. We were two of the first chefs in the nation to start doing better ingredients automobiles. Mm. Um, That was a steep learning curve for us in the sense that we didn't know a whole lot about electricity or generators, et cetera, onboard plumbing. So some of those things that the mobile trucks bring um, to the everyday experience. I think at a time in the beginning for us, maybe it was like 2008, I remember remember we had a power failure. Uh, That felt like pretty detrimental because if you don't have power in your mobiles, you cannot simply run the kitchen on board or exhaust, et cetera, or any equipment. You you can with gas equipment, but it's very critical to the job. So I felt like a steep learning curve in that sense of having to learn more about basic electricity at the at the moment and and we studied hard so that wouldn't ever happen again so just continuing to get the knowledge i think when you fail a failed attempt is is not a detriment but it's it's a quick learning Mm -hmm. you learn what you don't want to happen the next time Mm. now 
you said the power went out. I mean, how? what could you have done differently to better come out of this situation? Because it doesn't sound so much like a failure. Like, I mean, you did everything you could have done, right? You know, I could have checked. We, we could have performed um, a system check on the generator that day prior to the event. Mm-hmm. What had happened was it was running low in oil, which then signals the internal... Uh, computer on the engine not to turn the motor over because it will ruin the motor. So it was something I could have checked prior to the event, definitely. So, so what do you do differently now? I mean, do you, do you have yeah, a checklist or processes because of this Absolutely. We, we check those generators weekly for their oil levels, for the gasoline, uh, making sure all systems functioning with cords, et cetera, are, are tight and right. So how, how do you stay accountable with that? Like, is there a way you track it, or um, is it just something you guys know you have to do? I have a weekly production sheet for my crew that actually drives the trucks a little more than me um, now within our organization. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at all the power, the function, the propane, the actual driving capability of the truck, and they're making daily notes whenever they're out. Oh, they're wow. tracking their mileage and their time, and they're 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 giving an overall synopsis of um, mechanical function for me. So we review those records, and I personally do check in on anything that might be suspect or needs yeah um, attention and there's yep. you know i think there's so much power in a, a simple checklist uh i have oh, yeah a, yeah my aviation background has really helped me see the significance in this and you talk to people about checklists and they almost look at you like you don't think i can handle it without a checklist but <laughs> i mean doctors and pilots use checklists for a reason it's because they're we, extremely we, helpful <laughs> we're all human we miss things we make mistakes and a checklist saves you and i think that's just like you know having a, a, a morning checklist or anything you can do um just to catch those little things that will throw your whole day out of whack like this experience did for you so very valuable lesson in that awesome indeed carrie you're crushing the first half of this interview (laughs) uh it is time to dive into the second half which is uh just bombs of knowledge you're gonna drop them all over us are you ready to blow us away Go ahead. <laughs> All right. The first question I have for you is, what is your best advice for getting that initial capital to get started? And I'm excited for this because I know this is what you do. You mentor people in getting started. <laughs> so you're going to have some awesome advice. I would say definitely as a, as a, as a young, inspiring entrepreneur, to, to make friends with some bankers, definitely. Mm. Um, also people perhaps who can help you either – submit grant proposals or help you develop a business plan. Um, There are people who do that for a living, and I think that that's really critical. You know, you have to put your idea on paper and track its success or your proposed success for the first two years. Those are really important. Um, There's different organizations that I think between Toastmasters and real estate groups, Meeting and connecting with people of power who actually have venture capital, I think, is one way of going about it. Um, my business, we are completely self-funded um, with a few angel donors and family members, so we've pretty much done it on our own. Um, we grew this business back in, in a bit of the recession, so monies back then weren't readily available, mm. and, and banks weren't lending. So. My business has continued to flourish, knock on wood, um, through that whole time. But I know a lot of young cooks are reaching out to real estate developers and, and building owners, 
you know, that's, that's a really viable avenue for the entrepreneur to get to know some of these people who actually have real estate who want to increase the value of their properties. So they're looking to creative, uh, you know, to build a business in their space. I think that's, a, that's my best tip today. Awesome. I mean, just to summarize, um, in one word, network. Grow your network. Definitely. Uh, whether it's bankers, real estate brokers, people who are in high, uh, I don't know, social statuses, uh, leverage these relationships. Get people to fall in love with your vision is what I'm hearing from you. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Awesome. That, that's the most successful path for sure. Great. Um, Real quick, uh, you said make friends with bankers. I mean, are you literally (laughs) saying, like, go buy them a drink? Like, how would you take that? Well, I think it's okay to walk into a bank and ask for the senior vice president and just make an introduction. I think one of the things I teach youth is that simple fact of making an introduction. Mm -hmm. Wherever you're at, in a professional setting, even in a casual setting, it's okay to make an introduction, and I think that's one of the most valuable pieces of advice I can give now at my age and my status in my career to young people. Make an introduction because you're not, you know, you never know where that will, will go. And if you're a creative, you definitely want to sell your ideas and uh, bankers are some of the best people. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't think people say hi enough today to each other. They don't. Just say hi. Just, <laughs> definitely. You Reach know. out. Tell you yourself. Know. You have to put yourself out there. Yeah, definitely. You never know who you're going to meet or who's going to just be that right person. Absolutely. To the next level. Great stuff. So let me ask you about your advice for hiring good people. I mean, you were talking about it earlier today a little bit. You have all these young people, these millennials uh, working yeah. for you. Like, how do you find the people that just are the right fit for your restaurant or your food You know, trip, I think the millennial mindset today is very much of young persons want to be a part of something they believe in. For my brand, which sources ingredients within a 60-mile radius, we support a lot of family farms between Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, The millennials working for me really believe in that. They want to know where their food comes from. It's really important to them. And in a twofold uh, answer, I can say the millennials working for me, they live close to my restaurant. They really want something they can believe in that's proximal to their living. That makes sense to them. They're not going to get in a car and drive 45 minutes to a job. They want to be able to ride their bike or walk to work. Those two things, if you can capture the millennial mindset that those two things are really critical. And this is what I'm seeing in our brand. Awesome. Really a a great book that I think kind of touches on this is uh, Chip Connolly's Peak. And it talks about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And on that list, I mean, you, you, it's not enough just to give somebody a paycheck today. You know, they need to feel like what they're doing it resonates with their purpose, with their core values. And when you can tap Absolutely. into that, man, it's so much easier just to find loyal people. Oh, definitely. I love it. Uh, yeah, they, they need to believe they're a part of something, they're contributing, they're problem solving together. You know, I absolutely ask my team, we have weekly meetings and I bring to the table of like, here's what, what here's, here's the problem. It's, it's not a, insurmountable problem but here's what i see what do you guys think we can do better how can we do this better i really like to project a question to my team my youngsters of give me a solution to this problem how can we do this better and 
you'd be surprised uh, what people come up with. Yeah, I think that kind of... I like to involve them as much as possible, for sure. This definitely goes right into the next question, which is, when you find these great people, what is your advice for keeping them on your team? And I think that's incredible advice, just to to put it in there, like to make them a part of the decision making. And like when people oh, know absolutely. that, yeah, like their, their opinion matters and that they're making suggestions that are helping the company they work for. They're going to be so much more, uh, just connected to the work they're doing. Definitely. Um, and to segue into that question, I really enjoy at this point in my career with my brand of teaching everything possible of how we run the restaurant, mm. the trucks, the catering, the festivals, the markets, all the information. If people show me a willingness and a desire to learn, I absolutely, the teaching never ends. I'm, I'm going to throw them information so they continue to see the big picture of how everything runs. The finances, the money generated, the bills, the invoices, um, payroll, taxes, um, purchasing, all of it. If I see potential in, in growth with people, we absolutely continue to put information out there so they can learn. And that is a key piece because I think with young people, if they're not constantly learning and improving and, and we aren't setting goals for them, they will at some point get disinterested and, and look for another experience elsewhere. So we definitely like to continue to develop people and I love it. push I really more information do. their way, definitely. And not to sound like a broken record, but again, when you invest in people and help them grow and develop them, that again taps into those higher needs of just growing personally. Oh, and, absolutely. Um, yeah. And there's so, many, there's so many life skills that tie into an experience of working at a restaurant, not only with interacting with people, learning how to read people, working together as a team, just there's so many life skills. I think, you know, the there there there's been a term used loosely for years. It's just like everyone should at some point in their life work in a restaurant, <laughs> and it is for very good reason because there's so many life skills oh, that you so can many. take away. I it's great. It. Absolutely. So what is one resource, maybe one book, or if you can't think of a book, maybe an online resource that you think is a must-use or a must-read for somebody uh, getting started in the restaurant industry? Absolutely, hands down, Danny Meyer setting the table. Mm. I'm a huge fan of Danny Meyer. I reference his philosophy and his brand experience in my organization frequently mm-hmm. front or back of the house that is one book it's a must read if what, you're in this industry what is the biggest lesson from that book that you think you know really stands out to you that you'd like to share with us today i think as an entrepreneur and a business owner in the restaurant industry we are teachers and leaders and it's our job to constantly remind people of our standards of our limitations of our expectations and and thus he projects the analogy of the salt shaker goes mm-hmm. here on the table. So, Constant gentle pressure. Yes, <laughs> and I truly believe that. I have met Danny Meyer. I know people who've come from his organization. Um, he's a wonderful individual, and I absolutely look up to him. I'm currently working yeah. <laughs> with their HR right now to try to get some of the folks from that team on the show. So keep oh, your fingers good. crossed, everyone. It would be great just to tap yeah. into that culture they have there. Definitely. Yeah, awesome. So uh, the next question I have for you is on the topic of marketing. If you could just drop one piece of, like, marketing advice on us, what would it be? 
you know, the social media has been just huge for us, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, Twitter for certain. Uh, through the technology over the years with that in the last six, eight years, that's just been unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Of course, we have website and we pay for some PR, but hands down, so many visual pictures that we put out on social media have been really a game changer with marketing so people want to see a what, photo and they want to connect with a feeling to a photo okay you just answer i was gonna say what's the significance of photos mm-hmm. but yeah you, you're, feeling it's a tone mm-hmm. it's a feeling and that's pretty much my other full-time job we um <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm very inspired and motivated by all of the things that we do as a, as a team and as a brand and i frequently put out quite a lot of photos visually showing, you know, our day or our weekend or guests or save a bottle of wine. I shoot most of my own food. Um, I have a photography background. I've got a little oh. pop-up studio in, in the kitchen. And if I have time, <laughs> I will shoot a dish on a, on a vintage plate or, you know. So I do see the value in that, and it, 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 it genuinely inspires myself. So you're, I like to share that with people. You're just a jack of all trades, aren't you? I try to be. <laughs> yeah. So um, talk to us a little bit quickly before we move on about what you want to be taking pictures of. Like, what are you trying to share? I mean, is it enough just to take a picture of the food or are you trying to capture a moment or uh, the experience? Like, what do you look for when you're sharing photos and images? You know, um, as a chef, Throughout the year and the seasons of whatever we're growing, whether it's fresh herbs in the spring and ramps and morels, um, right now I'm sharing like heirloom tomatoes and things I'm getting right on out of my garden and from my 87 year old farmer down the block. So definitely seasonal food. Are you making those Absolutely. posts more about what you're doing with Chef Shack or the people you're sourcing the food from? Are you tagging um, them little, in these messages? Yeah, a little bit of both. I'm, I'm definitely talking about ingredients and I love to share the farmers. Definitely. Awesome. Great, great stuff. I think it's important that we point that out because so often there's so many opportunities to connect with others when we're taking these photos. Like if you're taking a picture of the the food your purveyor just dropped off, whether it's cheese or whatever it is, vegetables, meat, you know – Bring them into that conversation and make it about other people, not just you, I think. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I really enjoy highlighting the farmers. We're, we're, we're really, we are extremely proud of where we source mm-hmm. our ingredients, which is from as many as 30 to 50 vendors in a season. It's, um, it's no small accounting task, let me tell you that. <laughs> I bet. Um, rather than one truck pulling up and unloading you know, your entire order for them for two weeks. You know, we get things from 30 to 50 vendors each week. It's pretty amazing. So, so I'm really proud of that. And I absolutely highlight it. This definitely. Might, this might be a great way to segue into the next question, which is on the topic of technology, how you're leveraging technology to stay organized, to stay uh, efficient and effective right. and profitable. So what are you using? Um, what t- technologies are you leveraging to stay on top of all those different inventory things and stuff like that? Right. Um, we utilize Square Register for our POS, which has continued to evolve and be have have quite a lot of reporting function, and it's very reasonable for a small business mm-hmm. as far as the percentage fees and um, fees required to just uh, you know use it as a service. I think that that's been revolutionary for small businesses throughout the nation. Mm-hmm. My bookkeepers, you know, use an online version of QuickBooks, of course. Um, Lisa and myself as 
owner operators. We do exclusively, you know, the handling of all the invoices um, and all of that daily accounting. And so basically we're managing and tracking every single leaf of butter lettuce that comes in. And so we are personally managing all of that and we see to it that it's handled with care, it's going out to the customer. So I don't have a super sophisticated inventory in that manner, unlike a hardware store, because we're dealing with perishable ingredients. We want to just make sure the turnaround time is rapid, that we don't have any waste, and that we're handling everything so we get the maximized value. Awesome. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. curious with your – you do so much social media – how do you do you use technology to manage? Because you don't just have one location. I mean, you're managing how many trucks now? Is it? We have three trucks. And then pretty two, much two, two of those, two, two of the three are consistently used each week. Um, I yeah, that's a good question. I mean, actually, my brand is to a point now where I have to. I really need to di- to, to direct additional administrative mm-hmm. function in that manner because when I'm busy. I can't get to it, mm-hmm. and and that's not great because then we're not visible. So it actually is on point with a meeting this week because I need one of my managers to kind of pick up some of the duties that is occurring at the other location because when I'm busy cooking, I can't always get to it. And I think people, my customers, know when they don't hear from me, I'm pretty busy. <laughs> I bet. I mean, yeah. are, are you using any platforms like Hootsuite or um, what is the other one? Uh, buffer app to Hootsuite, yes. Um, I'd be open to learning about a few more, sure. Oh, interesting. Great. So let me ask you, um, if you could just give us one piece of advice, if you could go back in time, it's, I don't know, you're just graduating from culinary school, you're just getting your first job in the restaurant industry, like, if you could give yourself one piece of advice, Carrie, what would it be? Right. Um, as a young, a young entrepreneur, um, Fake it till you make it. <laughs> Dress the part, be the part, act the part, have the motivation, show up, take notes, you know, fake it till you make it. I love it. Definitely. <laughs> Great. And if there's one question, Carrie, I could have asked you that I didn't ask you that could have brought more value to this interview, what would it be? Oh, wow. You've asked so many fine questions. Thank you. Um, wow. I guess projecting into the future. You know, what do you see yourself doing? I feel like we're going to give this perhaps another decade of of, of a really strong push of doing the finest food we can at a very affordable price, top ingredients, the most inspired seasonal dishes that you can imagine. And then I'm not sure. Then I'd like to travel full-time, I think. You know, I am am almost 50. So we're going to... That's the plan. <laughs> you, know, you had mentioned in the past uh, going out to, to California for the summer or the winter season. Um, is that something that's still on the uh, you know horizon for you, or did you scrap that? Plan? Possibly, possibly. I'm talking with a colleague of mine who lives in LA now, and we made you a concept out there. I'm not sure. It's kind of on the table. We're talking about it. How are you going to go on your vacations if you're working in the winter too? <laughs> I know, right? Well, I think she would be managing it, so oh, it'd okay. be something like that—a licensing agreement. 
gotcha. Okay, yeah, we're gonna yeah. <laughs> we're gonna wrap it up now. You've been awesome, Carrie. Thank you so much Thanks. for giving us all this great <laughs> advice. And we wrap up every episode by having you call somebody out. Who's one restaurant professional? Uh, maybe somebody who's been a mentor in your life who you just admire and think would just make a great guest like you have today. Oh, definitely. It's Chef Brenda Langton of Spoon River Restaurant in Minneapolis. She is not only a chef, she's a restaurateur, she's an educator, she's a teacher, she's a mentor, she's very business savvy, and she's been at it a long time, very successfully. Brenda Langton, look out, I am coming after you. Yeah, you should really (laughs) talk with her. She's amazing. I'll do everything I can to get her on the show. Yeah, uh, great. Let let the folks at home know, Carrie, how they can connect with you if they want to maybe uh, join your team or just pick up the conversation. Maybe they have some questions I might ask. Uh, I mean, is there a way we can connect? Uh, Social media? Oh, sure. Sure, you can always uh, check us out at chefshackranch.com. All one word, Chef Shack Ranch. That's my main website. And you can always see us on Instagram at Chef Shack or so on and so forth. Awesome. Just head over yeah. to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash Carrie Summer. I'll have links to everything we talked about today, links in, uh, where you can go to connect with Carrie, uh, these links she just shared with us. And uh, thank you again, Carrie, so much. Uh, You're welcome. Such an honor to have you on the show. There's no question. Well, thanks. You thank are you, unstoppable. Thank you. <laughs> have, have a great day. Keep cooking and uh, eat well. Life is short. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. <laughs> Booyah! Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Carrie, I loved your advice. You were so awesome. And I mean, just for me, it was just that constant drive and motivation just to keep on going, to constantly learn and to tap into those higher needs of your employees. So many people turn around and they blame the world for all the reasons why they can't keep employees, but it's up to you to tap into those higher needs, to make them feel like they belong, and to make them feel like they're growing, and to provide opportunity for them. And that all starts with just being awesome and, uh, you know, being willing to provide those opportunities. Great episode. Like always, shoot me an email, eric at restaurantsunstoppable.com. Always looking to get new guests on the show. Uh, Just shoot me a message. I'm all ears. I'd love to hear who you have to suggest for me. And then don't forget to check out restaurantunstoppable.com slash tools and restaurantunstoppable.com slash books for a complete recap of all the tools and books our guest mentors suggest. This is my way of putting all these things into one spot so you don't have to go searching to find out what works, what doesn't work. Take it from the people who are successful, who are using these tools and getting great results and who are listening to these books or reading these books and just learning. I mean, I'm putting it in one spot for you. It can't get any easier. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. If you enjoy this podcast, if you're finding value in the advice from our guest mentors, please give me a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. It really helps with the rankings or show your gratitude with a donation. I have a support page on the website now. Every little bit helps. I'm doing this for free. 
The way this podcast happens is through your support or just using my links. And I'm so grateful for your generous donations. So thank you in advance for supporting this content, for keeping this melting pot of mentors going. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. Until next time, peace out.